Epilogue. The ground crunched beneath their feet as Megan and Sam walked down the dirt road. The same road, Sam recalled, that he had first followed his brothers down some thirteen years earlier. Wow, that's so weird, Sam said, as they came to the point where the tower would have normally come into view. So strange for it to just be empty sky. Yeah, really, Megan agreed. Sam, athletic and handsome, was several inches taller than she was now, but having her by his side still brought him a certain feeling of protection, and after all this time, the nearness to the place, neutered as it had recently become, still brought back an old feeling of unease. They came to the spot where Megan had so often climbed through the fence to reach the tower. Now the fence was gone, and there was nothing beyond but a raised pile of pulverized concrete. Wow. Sam remarked, standing in awe of the emptiness before him. Just last month? Yeah, Tammy and I came out and watched the demolition crew for a little while. It was so surreal. I bet. It's hard to believe it's gone. They stood in silence for a moment as they both took it all in. It's hard to believe he's gone, Sam said, his voice lower, more reverent. Megan stood firm, looking out over the canyon, though she could feel the lump forming in her throat. I know, she answered, trying to keep her emotions under control, but knowing Sam could see right through her attempt. She could feel the weight of his gaze lift as he turned back toward the canyon. Are you doing okay? he asked, looking out over the drop. I mean, being in the house without him there? Sam, it's okay, really. The house is hardly ever empty. Everyone else is close, and they're over all the time even more now that he's gone. Well, that's good. I made Charlie and Rom promise, anyway. I know, Megan smiled. Besides, it's not just going to be Anthony and me there by ourselves for too much longer. Sam looked at her for a moment with a look of confusion, and then his face lit up with a sudden dawn of recognition. Oh, Megan, are you serious? he asked, looking down at her hand on her belly. Megan couldn't keep the broad smile from her lips. The due day's late October, she beamed. Oh, Megan, that's so awesome, he excitedly replied, hugging her tightly. Soon they were turning to walk back, but Sam stopped suddenly and looked back down the path. Wait, what about Rom's sign? In the clearing? I mean, now that the bridge is gone, there's no real need for that anymore, right? Megan stopped and smiled again. I don't know she said. I've actually thought about that, and I know it's weird, but I kind of want to leave it there. Sam thought for a moment, and then nodded in understanding. It's kind of the only monument left to what we all went through, isn't it? He replied. Yeah, she responded quietly, thinking to herself as they walked that the real reason she had in mind was too crazy, too far-fetched to bother trying to explain, that somehow, somewhere, someday, Someone else would be lost, scared, and all alone in the world, and they would come upon that sign and call the number. And she would answer, and finally welcome another lost soul into the house that had offered so much to so many for so long. Howard's house. Her home. Roughly a mile north, tucked into the woods at the base of the ridge, the reverie of the cemetery was interrupted by the grinding of tires over the dirt road. A small car pulled up, and the noise of the engine gave way to the silence of the hallowed spot. The driver's door opened, and out stepped a woman, wearing a dark skirt and blouse, 
and carrying a modest but pretty bouquet of brightly colored flowers. She closed the door and walked determinedly among the gray monuments, stepping around plots and between stones, but not stopping, keeping her eyes down, but her direction deliberate. Finally, she stopped at a stone near to the edge of the woods and knelt down to look upon the inscription. Howard Michael Fenton, March 26, 1931, to November 20th, 1996. Beloved son, husband, brother, friend, and father. The woman knelt for several minutes, looking at the gravestone, then at the surrounding wood, then back. Finally, she laid the flowers down at the base of the stone with a soft sigh and stood up to leave. Just as she was about to turn and go, however, she knelt once more. Raising her trembling hand, she gently, lovingly ran her fingers over the last word of the inscription as a tear came down her cheek and passed over the birthmark on the curve of her jaw. She raised her hand to her neck and gently took the tiny gold chain of a necklace between her fingers, following it down to a sparkling gold heart-shaped pendant that dangled beneath. Opening it, she peered inside at the faded picture of a man and his young daughter, foreheads touching, each looking deeply into the other's eyes and smiling broadly. A few reverent moments later, she closed the locket, stood up, took a last look down at the grave, and walked back to her car. Soon the engine started again, and the vehicle wound its way up the forest drive toward civilization, leaving behind the bouquet, the headstones, those who rested there, and the gentle wind whispering in the trees.